Oh, yeah? Hello, all you cats, dogs, and other friends in the animal kingdom. I hope the unrelenting white noise machine, the rain falling outside, and the squeaks and coos of a recently fed child all add to the ambiance here, as I, your host, Pat Brennan, welcome you to episode 5 of Beyond Believers, your definitive Elvis Costello fan podcast. Today we're going to be continuing our discussion of Elvis's second album, This Year's Model, diving deep into side B once again with the great M.R. Morrison. Topics covered here today include the creeping relevance of the songs on this album, as well as other Costello ones, Elvis's infamous Saturday Night Live appearance and what inspired it, and what Elvis Costello lyric would go best on your tombstone. Listen on, folks, and if you enjoy it, feel it. Right, Alma? Right. Hand in hand to start off side two. And I just, I love the production on this and the sort of arrangement of it. You start with that weird, you start with that... backwards or something i think like, I, it's got to be something it's got to be like a fairly simple trick because again in like 11 days and, yeah. and like very simple effects and but it's but i hear that though and i think of i think of the distorted train revving up on station to station and kind of like again it has this thing where like i want i want it to sound like i want it to sound like david bowie Produced by Brian Eno and Tony Visconti, but we don't have Bowie, Visconti, or Eno. Go <laughs> like, and just like, well, I guess we could probably play it backwards and put like some weird, distorted something on it, and it's just like it's perfect. And then you come out of that, and then. It, yeah and you got the like the really soft you know i'm gonna go down here and then so what don't you be mad about it like the do in the grown-up movies when it comes to the other way around you say you just want to use me oh that's right into the verse it's so it has like you know i think of a song like no dancing on my aim is true which is really mm. kind of like to me is it's my least favorite song on that album because it's kind of just does like the same kind of phil specter beat this to me is like you're taking a model of a song but you're doing something new and exciting with it and you yeah. have this band that understands tension and understands groove i feel like there's so much of like i'm inviting you in and then i'm like pulling you in and you're stuck. You're like, yeah, come here, come here, come here. No. And they and grab then, you by the collar and it's exactly, like, exactly, exactly. Which is such like a. 
I love Hand in Hand. I think in this re-listen through, it is definitely in my top five. Maybe I'm experiencing it with new ears, 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 both of Mm -hmm. those. Hearing it with new ears of more years. Okay, you got it. You had your Costello moment. Okay, got that. Now I'm just, just going to freestyle. Um, No, but Go. I mean, even just like opening up the second side. Yep, I have been in that relationship. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's also like as, you know, somebody who enjoys verbal sparring far more than <laughs> physical sparring. There's power in mm-hmm. being the like the one who's going to who's just going to burn it down. The one who's going to take the destructive route, the low road. This might be a bit of a song about taking the low road and dragging someone there with you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it it I think it definitely is. I think it's also really interesting, like in the second verse, at the very end of the second verse is you can't show me the whole song is like the end of a fight, right? Where it's like it's winding down. And you get drawn yeah. in and like you think there's going to be an apology at the very beginning. And then it's like, no. And it escalates again. And then I yeah. think the song really runs itself out with the last chorus and then the, just the repetition of hand in hand. That it almost, it almost comes back around to a way where it's like repeated so many times, they lose their meaning, they're reshaped. And there's this weird like end of a fight, just like not forgiveness, but just like the words don't mean what they mean anymore. <sighs> I mean, like, yeah, I think he shows that in this. He's great at singing the same chorus in different ways and it feeling different each time throughout it and that really shows the transition of the song i think you're absolutely right about the chorus the way it starts off as like a whisper at the beginning and then it's almost like gleeful and then it's kind of like resigned yeah. at the end you know and and how it has that i mean that's a dramatic structure to it the you know the the building of it the joyful like just explosive energy and just the like resigned and we're stuck in it what you said it makes me think of like it's almost a hyper articulate song about the failure of words to convey what what we're going through on this Mm -hmm. one almost like a like a catch-22 thing being about how like language is an ineffective way of communicating (laughs) and here we are it's like hand in hand hand in hand Mm -hmm. hand in hand where uh it's almost as like spoiler alert but like the end of eternal sunshine where there's the repeated shot of them running down the beach together like it's like we are we are we're stuck in this whether we mm-hmm. like it or not, you know, it's this is or to quote McConaughey and True Detective, like it's my programming, <laughs> something like that. But it is it is brilliant. And you just end with the hand in hand, just going over and over again. And you feel like you're stuck. You're you're in this loop. And then I don't want to go to Chelsea. Oh, no, it does not move me. I want to go to Chelsea. Then you 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 have this hard four four drum like four on the floor like pounding out, and then it's 
you think about like the dynamics of an album and the sequencing of it, which we've talked about is so important. You're just, you're going out with this, this punk rock, like this endless rock beat. And then we're going to break it up. We're going to knock you, like knock the floor out from under you. And we're just going to, you're in this whole other groove. Takes you a second to kind of find it and to catch up with it. And just when you feel like you got a handle on it, the lyrics come in and really, really knocks you out. And it's photographs and fans and tricks to get your gigs at 66. It picks up all the lips that it licks and all the girls that it's going to fix. It's another thing like Hand in Hand where you're taking something we know. So many of the punk bands, especially the English ones, have reggae as songs or mm-hmm. reggae-inflected and influenced songs. The Kalash mm-hmm. do Police and Thieves. The Stranglers have that song, Peaches. Like, obviously, then you have, like, the Ska with the specials. Costello produced the specials album. But, like, this is doing something totally different with it. The boo da 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 that wouldn't that's very rock steady ish very but like to have it not be like four four and have it be a little bit off and so much funkier nobody else can do that except them and again like pump it up it's another fucking classic off this album mm-hmm. and another great reference to to licking he references licking a lot and then I've heard he is a singer. I've never been close enough that close to him on stage. I hear he's a bit again. I feel like we're just everything is just becomes an innuendo. I hear he's a bit of a spitter when he sings. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a lot of tongue references. It it it, it makes it makes sense. Because um, of all of the lips that licks. And I also feel like the, I, oh God, the, the pacing of his lines in this and the way that they're sung, it like feels like a rocking chair. <laughs> like there's this very smooth, like, or like maybe like a sliding, like a, a glider, like a porch glider, you know, it's just like so, so precise or a metronome. Exactly. And I think, I think that harkens back to cause England in like the fifties into the sixties had that influx of West Indian culture, particularly Jamaican coming there mm-hmm. because there were so many like construction jobs and industrial jobs that needed to be filled. That music became such a part of British music culture long before Bob Marley ever came along in the Rasta reggae thing. And I heard Costello once on, on WTF talking about that. He's like, yeah, it was like another form of R&B for us. We had it for a long time, unlike you. That's why Americans can't play it. But again, like nobody takes it and puts like a funky kind of groove on it that is just, and the, again, that it's like, line. yeah, that bass line is, is killing it. The drums are killing it. The guitar. <laughs> then you've got that great thing where it's like Steve Naive is just, it's like he's just dancing around it. He's like a boxer, like circling it, punching in. (laughs) Those keyboard fills that are just so Mm -hmm. awesome. And I feel like there's, it's a great song, but it's, it's like, it doesn't, it's just kind of like I've seen the bright lights, I've seen the party, like I it doesn't do it for me. 
I'm not, I'm not into <laughs> the, I'm not into the illusions of it. And again, there's a little bit of like looking forward to something like armed forces. Everybody's got new orders, be a nice girl and kiss the warders. Well, now the teacher is away. is away. All the kids begin to play. Men come screaming dressed in white coats, oh. shake you very gently by the throat. One name's Gus, one yes, name's one Alfie. Alfie. I don't want to go to <laughs> Chelsea. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> I think this okay, could so, be, this might be some, some gin and blue pills inspiration so as well. That's a fun one that I misheard for a long time that I will share. Okay. Listen, we all miss hear things. Okay. Oh, sometimes it makes the lyrics better. Yeah. Sometimes it's better I, in your head. And I do know that this is what it is. It's what the one. One's named Gus, one's named Alfie. Okay, so when I hear that, I hear one Ningus, one named Alfie. Like, Ningus is a name. It's, pre- it's perfectly logical, right? I know like, plenty of people named Ningus. It's an allusion to Charles Mingus, the yeah. jazz bass player who Costello was a huge fan of at the time. And it's a bass yeah. tremendous influence. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it. I see it. It also that be like Tim head. and Eric Dingus, like, referee, you know. I get, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's all there. But I mean, I think this is also just one of those, one of these things too, where I feel like this song is just, it's just a flex. Mm -hmm. It's a flex the way I feel like a Rolling Stone is a flex. Like it's a flex the way so many male songwriters do like that big song that is just, I mean, you're, you're breathless when it's over, you know. It's, and it's kind of just like, I'm going to tell you all about it in bright, vivid detail and then tell you how much I hate it, <laughs> which is, it, I mean, it's also very much kind of similar to, have you ever heard of John Cooper Clark? I think so. He's called like the British punk laureate and okay. he toured a lot with, he toured with Costello at one point and mm-hmm. he's a, he's literally like beat poetry, but like punk but very punk inflected. He has a, I forget what song or what what poem he has, but the opening line is, Like a nightclub in the morning, you're the bitter end. Like a recently disinfected shithouse, you're clean round the bend. You give me the horrors, too bad to be true. All of my tomorrows are lousy cause of you. You're certainly no raver, commonly known as a drag. Do us all a favor here, wear this polythene bag. You're like a dose of scabies. I've got you under my skin. You make life a fairy tale. Grim. That's John Cooper. And I feel like this is okay. almost like, he's like, I'm trying to write a John Cooper Clark song, but I'm gonna make it 10 times as articulate. And I'm gonna have my incredible band and look at us. Cause we are such hot shit. And I mean, true to form pretty much every time I've seen him, he always plays this song. I mean, you he can't will. not, he can't not play the song. Same you with can't like, not go up. to Chelsea. You can't not go to Chelsea, but I don't want to go. See, it's, I don't want to go, but I'm going to go. But I'm going to go and I'm gonna tell you how it, it sucks. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like that Bob Burgers. He's like, all right, but I'm going to complain the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to go. I'm going to take it all in. I'm going to experience it, but I'm going to have a real bad time. I'm going to know about it. It's his, his acid dipped tongue is often referred to. Comparison? 
that? Yes. There's the, uh, I think he described it. He wanted the sound of this album to be sour and spiky. Oh, I love it. As he says, uh, an album inspired by sickeningly sweet blue nun wine, Smirnoff, and a handful of other potions. Love it. Love it. All right. Lip service. from me it's not my favorite this is a bit of a leftover mm. called cheap reward which has the chorus service but that's all you ever get from me well how could you believe i take you seriously with your cheap rewards your blackmail and your comical rage just remember you'll only be the boss so long as you pay my wage. You know, very like mm. he's he's channeling some John Prine, Randy Newman yeah. kind of sort of vibe with it. It's really good that way. And then he just takes it and it's just, I'm going to just pound this into like submission and it's let service. So all you'll ever get from me. Like, it's very like, he just, like yeah, punching, it's very, stabbing yeah, the whole time. Yeah, it's like it's, he's he's punching every every syllable of that chorus into your ears. But if you change your mind, you can send it in a letter to me. You're like, okay, I yeah, I kind of like. I think there's a little more going to it with the sad country version. But again, nobody's writing sad country songs in London in 1977. That's for damn sure. Just don't worry. We'll we'll get almost blue eventually. Yeah, we will indeed. No, I know. Believe me. I I don't, I don't. But no, you're right. It's, that's an interesting thing about him is he does have a, that is a big influence on, on his work. And it's, it's interesting to see. I think one of the ways that that comes through in a way that could be seen and accepted and listened to is in his storytelling. He stays, stays true to that. And it's, and also in this, like, these things happen to me there's an authenticity to the i think and firsthand personal experience of things that's very that's very country music right i mean you talked about the narrative storytelling i mean i feel like that is something that is preserved in this Mm -hmm. again there's not there's not a bad song on this album it's just this Mm -hmm. one i feel like doesn't quite come together but there's the the sum of its parts are greater than the whole i think Mm -hmm. like That's a 17 year old Pat, you know, I'm like, why do I keep seeing all you stupid people doing the same thing all over again? And then lip service is all they'll ever get from me. And also just the, this is a holdover from the original, but just that killer line. Don't act like you're above me. Just look at your shoes. (laughs) Don't you ever wish you could say that to somebody? Like there is a worthy moment, you know, 
Maybe if mm-hmm. I say something like sarcastic and dumb at your wedding, you can say that to me. <laughs> Be like, don't act like you're above me. Just look at your shoes. Look at your shoes. <laughs> okay. We'll just have I, a lot I, of I would level. give that to you, you know, in lieu of a in lieu of a wedding present that you actually have to spend money on. I'll yep. I'll do that for you. <laughs> that's a it does a fair exchange. Yeah. See like pointing your finger at me. Don't act like you're above me. Just look at your shoes. What, what? Where did that come from? I'm looking at my shoes. I'm like, don't worry. It's a, it's an Elvis Costello lyric. It's, this is my wedding present. This saved us a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just saved us like three hundred dollars. We could have paid for the honeymoon, or I could have been insulted. Which one do you want? You get choices. Choose wisely. Exactly. Doing this for you. Living in paradise. So is is this it? Is this the favorite? This is the favorite track. I don't like those other guys looking at your curves. I don't like you walking around with physical jerks. Everything they say and do is getting on my nerves. lucky to be picking up the perks i just and this whole song it just like it you know what it reminds me of it has in some way shape or form and i don't i can't place it specifically on a song but it has a it has a kinks feel to me another huge influence on him early stuff and his album like and i think another thing that Elvis costello and the kinks really have in common is they have a very british perspective which especially for them really limited their marketability in the United States. I don't think it did that for Elvis because there, I think there are some things that are lost in translation, cultural translation, you know, but definitely. Um, and we but, should say that you, you grew up in a, you, you, you're a, you're a colonial commoner, as they like to say, someone <laughs> grew up New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes. Yes. I, I did. I grew up watching Top of the Pop. I've I mean, obviously not in this it. time period. It was really cool. I mean, I was like, we moved back to the United States when I was 12. So like young me thought it was really cool. You know, it lots really of cool. uh, Robbie Williams and, and that time period and Spice Girls, because that was the time period that I was watching it along with many, many others. But, but again, I, I do think even just the musical experience of this song, it has very much that Again, it, it's like I, I it, to me, I think of it as like the the nursery rhyme effect, where it's like something very deep rooted and dark is being expressed often as a cautionary tale, with this light nostalgic veil of music. It's it's that again, um, which is almost in it's both inviting you, but is also like almost a direct contrast to what he's talking about. Yeah, and you know, like. When the bullets shut us down and throw up in the dark, they'll find that all the dogs outside find much worse than the bar. Takes a phrase that we 
we have an association with and he flips it. And it's not the only time he does this on this album. He does it with, he does it in Radio Radio as well with. Sorry, I was singing along as I was. No, like, you're fine. Please. And that leads into like one of my favorite stretches of, of word smithing in the whole album. Like, oh, yeah. We'll get to there. We'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I really do love Living in Paradise. It's play, it's really playful. Like, I feel like this is day drunk, Elvis Costello. Boozy brunch, Elvis Costello. Boozy brunch, Elvis Costello. I love it. I think you're right. You know, it's, I've always loved this song. This was always, if You Belong to Me was my favorite, this was always number two. And then I think it's, it's edged it out. I think it's one of those things where, again, we've heard a song kind of like this before, but we've never heard it like this yeah. with these kind of R&B and soul pop. Now it's much too dangerous to stop what you've begun When everyone in paradise carols a good Here we are living in paradise And that's the thing I think with Costello too Is he's a rock and roll guy And I think this is also part of the You're talking about the cultural crossover In comparison with the Kinks That's very interesting Because I, I understand that complete with the Kinks I never thought about that with Costello Unlike a lot of rock groups, he's not blues. He's not Clapton. He's not he's not the Stones as we know the Stones or anything like that. He's the Kinks. He's the Small Faces. He's R&B girl groups. I mean, you got Get Happy two albums later, which is, I mean, that's his, I'm trying to make an album that you could put on at your party and just play all the way through because every track is going to get people dancing. Mm -hmm. So it's like there is a little bit of almost girl group about this kind of in terms of the structure of it. And it's like she's putting this guy in his place or something like that. And then, and the music cuts back in and, you know, that kind of stop start thing. But it's also just like, then you hear him say like... know entirely what this song is about but not that it matters it doesn't matter at all it's just again you said it's boozy brunch yeah i'll write this song i feel like it's it's some stuff stuff together but it's it is but this is one of the songs to me that feels very like mm, ooh. and now it's much too dangerous to stop what we've begun sorry when everyone in paradise carries a gun like ooh, yep 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 and that and that comes yep. in after the end yep. of the part that you were talking about, which and I love this is like one of my favorite little line lead ups, like because meanwhile up in heaven, 
they are waiting at the gate saying, we always knew you'd make it. Didn't think you'd come this late, which is like, oh, the shade. <laughs> seriously, seriously. It feels like, feels like the Desperate Housewives at Boozy Brunch. Like, <laughs> I love this. I love this take. Heaven, but like. We didn't think you'd be this late. Like, you didn't think you'd take this we thought long you were going to die a lot earlier. I, I mean, I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> what is yeah. that implying? I, I don't know either, but I'm I'm here for it. Again, you like, I don't really know what's happening, but I'm on my third mimosa and I'm having a fantastic <laughs> time. Such a good time with this guy. This Costello, he's a hell of a. Knowing how heavy the drinking was in this band, that's, I mean, yeah. the boozy brunch. I, I feel minutes. like I feel like trust is like that's the boozy brunch like <laughs> album. That's yeah. like I'm gonna tell you some shit. Stuff's going down in Clubland, man. Like, but this is this is where it starts. This is where boozy Costello brunch. I'm literally like like my I'm I'm getting like my boozy brunch feel like right now. My body language as I talk yeah. to you about this. <laughs> yeah, but well, um, and living but in like, luxury. Yeah. I feel like this song is about not just boozy brunch Costello because that's okay. totally but it's also I had a friend in high school mm-hmm. and I feel like all the all the great music is like you you not just be like that was the song that was playing when I like kissed that person it's but it's also like I I have taken this song and I have applied it and glommed it onto somebody I know in my life because you are this song mm-hmm. and this is a this is a person who I've also said, and it did not go over well at all, that I also feel like the kink song Plastic Man is also <laughs> written about this person. Plastic Man got no brains. This guy, this guy exactly look the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plastic man. But this song is, I remember there was a friend of mine who we would hang out. It would be great. And then he would like get a call from somebody else and some other party is happening. And he would mm. Irish goodbye. He would yeah. just be like puff of smoke. Like he went to go, he went to pee like 45 minutes ago. And I haven't, I haven't seen him since he bounced. And I remember being so frustrated. And my friend goes, look, blank. He's a bigger, better deal guy. He's always looking for the bigger, better deal. And I think of the thrill is here, but it won't last long. And you're already looking for another fool like me. Yeah. You're like, I've, I've, I've used you up. I've sucked you dry. Like you're done. Yep. And, and you you're know, picking I, up the tab. Yep. And you're picking. Yes. Yeah. You'd be lucky to be picking up the perks. Everything the same dude's getting on my nerves. lucky to be picking up the perks exactly yeah they're my my perks are your tab um and and then he kind of turns the tables on it like later in the evening when arrangements are made later in the evening when arrangements are made i'll be at the keyhole outside your bedroom door First to know whenever the plans are laid. But never go further than far too far. You think that I don't know the bar that you're touching, but I'll be at the 
I'll be at the keyhole. I'm I'm gonna watch you. <laughs> I'm gonna watch you with this uh, this uh, this yeah. other fool like yeah. me. Um, you think I don't know the boy you're touching, touching. but I'll be at the video and the video I'll be watching. watching. Like, geez, this reminds me of um on Spike. There's the song Satellite, which is basically like it's like a it's a song about like a cam girl. Mm. And there's more than one Costello song where he talks about listening to other people uh, getting their jollies. There's <laughs> this. There's I'm not angry. You know, like I hear the stutter of ignition. There's next time around. As I stood out on the landing, my heart was already down the stairs. She's in that bedroom with that boy of hers. You know, they, I don't know if that's maybe that's his thing. And hey, you know what? I'm not here to judge anybody or anything at all and we all got our we all got our things but um but it's interesting that this keeps occurring I think it also just speaks to the experience of feeling like you're out feeling like you're the one on the other side of the door feeling like you're 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 missing out on on experiences whether it's like real or actually just imagined experiences because I think we do all I don't know I mean I don't think it's something that's specific to creative people like when you have when you have those feelings for someone like you run scenarios through your head you run the worst scenarios through your head like you are outside that bedroom door and you know who she's touching like yeah and you're watching like you are it's there's it's oh like there's a lot of discussion of like pleasure in pain and and the duality of that which i think ties in a lot to you know the feelings of of guilt and guilt and regret which are the emotions that he says he feels he has the most experience with it's i don't know pretty pretty fascinating but yeah i i think it absolutely is about that there's a whole other life that's going on behind that like on the other side of that door mm-hmm. and why can't i be a part of it yeah and it that but also just like i think it references back to the title of the song living in paradise like being in a position where you feel like you should that is the life you should be living but that's not yes. the reality of it. Like, oh gosh, yeah. And it, I think that references the. Uh, um, there's, there's because we, we're even referencing heaven and paradise. You know, like there's yeah. some really beautiful references happening there. And Absolutely. Quest- and subtle questioning, which is pretty great. Yeah, I think it. I mean, it's definitely up there as as one of the best on the album. Yeah, for sure, it's- and one of the best in his career. I think, not played live enough. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to come up very much in set lists over the years. Interesting. But I know you would think that'd be a great, that'd be a great, that would be a, a killer. Song? It'd be a killer, like track, like second song to play in a live set. You yeah. know, like you start off with something lo- like fast and loud, and then you just go like right into that. And that mm-hmm. stop start, that would be, that'd be great. That'd even be a good opener. It'd be I, a great encore coming back. I was like, I'd love that for an opener. Like, you just hear those. Oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. It's and you're just off to the races. It's it's fantastic. Speaking of going off to the races and off on a tear, lipstick Vogue. Cut it out. 
sometimes Something I think love's just love a tumor, just a tumor. That you gotta cut it out. Oh my god, nobody, nobody does it like our guy does. So good. I don't, you know, this might this this is in the top five for sure, and this is probably yeah. this might be number four for me. It's you so say you're good. sorry for the thing. You say you're sorry for the things that you've done. You say you're sorry, but you know you don't mean it. I wouldn't worry. I have so much fun. Sometimes I almost feel just like a human being. Hey, is that not just the whole like that sums up the album? <laughs> it's about being human. Yeah. And how fucking hard that can be. Yeah. At least at like up to 22. Like, especially then. Oh, my God. You're absolutely right. That really is. That's the whole that is the whole album. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like it's almost it's it's one of these things. Again, this is another song that got cited by the like this year's girl that got sort of cited for allegedly sexist or misogynistic lyrics. Mm -hmm. But I feel like what it actually is, is it's somebody like speaking honestly. I got played and it fucking hurt. But I'm glad I'm glad for the experience. I'm glad what I got out of it, even if sometimes I think love is like just a sickness. Just I think there's one more time with that. Just one more time with that love. Why? Maybe they told you you were only a girl in a million. You say I got no feelings. This is a good way to kill them. You say I've got no feelings. This is a good way to kill them. Like he's. He's like, this is my broken heart. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Let's here try it is. to Frankenstein it. Like, just one, just give me one more hit. Like, hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah. It is this thing where it's like, you royally fucked me up in such a huge way. I, yet, I'm grateful for it, even though a drought drives me crazy. This is my broken heart. Like, maybe we can, I can start it up again. I can put it together. Just like, don't forget that as you go around breaking hearts right and left, don't forget that you're a person, that you're a human being. Don't lose, don't you, you know, it's you. Not just another mouth of lipstick just another mouth of lipstick vogue yeah you know and i think select the control and then insert the token you want to throw me away but i'm not broken i'm staying alive baby yeah this is i think that thing that liz fair is talking about Mm. where it's like i see what you're doing Mm -hmm. and i am going to live to tell the tale and you just go with god and (laughs) just be careful This is like odes to Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Mind blown. I yeah, think. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Oh, my God. And it's the thing that would actually get her to if she actually listened to it. But she won't ever. She hasn't. She doesn't come out of that, that lipstick Vogue fog. Mm-mm. It's so interesting, too, because... I absolutely love the music on this. And for a while, this was not a song that I liked because I thought I I just 17 year old me did not relate to it. I don't think I gave it a fair shake. I really don't. I don't. don't. 
And the thing about it that is so, you know, interesting to me is, is the, you know, this is not the music you think you would think would accompany this lyric. If you mm-hmm. read it on the page, this, yeah. this could be work. Just You'd almost think it'd be slower. I almost think of like a, like a Curtis Mayfield kind of like almost ballad, like going mm-hmm. with it, the way these lyrics are so like those, those kind of like soul love songs of like, yeah. like Marvin Gaye singing lipstick Vogue makes, you know, oh, ho, ho. Not just another mouth and a lipstick, but look, like something like that. I would lose my shit because he Costello in concert reworks his songs a lot and will do yeah. like he'll do a slow pump it up or something like yeah. that for him to do like a slow burn of lipstick Vogue. Oh, my God, that'd be so it'd be so great. Right. Right. Yeah. You all you getting like tingly thinking about like in my head what it would ah. sound like. And, um, and it's because it really, it almost sounds like, a it almost sounds like it's like, it's a, like the other side of the coin of like Allison, Mm -hmm. something like that, you know, where it's, it's like, it's about, you know, somebody who has had their heart broken in this case, likely like by, by, by a woman and is. It's like this, this is like this is the follow-up to Allison. Like this is with time, like with time and perspective and maybe like a little more experience. You're like, oh, this is actually my reflections on this person now. Cause there's like, there's pity in it. I'm not pity, but like understand. Yeah. Well, let me use that word. I don't think it's cruel pity, but it's pity. No. Yeah. Like there's an understanding. Like you were saying, he, he sees her. And she is like a summer that sees its own end. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> so glad. So glad you did this. Oh, my God. The other thing I think I realized about that, I, I think I wonder if because the music is incredibly sophisticated for this. And it's so much more than like. You know, you would almost think like, what's the closest musically onto this album? And it's like, maybe like no action, but it's so much more sophisticated yeah. than that. Yeah. There's so much more going on in that. And I think this song felt almost like maybe like too mature or maybe too dangerous or something for me at a younger age to really like appreciate what was going on here. And it really is like, it's definitely one of like a long it's definitely one of the more emotionally I'm, I'm I'm like deeply moved thinking like going through this one that I was not expecting this at all but it's it really is and it's 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 has so much more like again like you said like consequence and experience and 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 things to it So let's the control and then search for token. You wanna throw me away? Well, I'm not broken. You got a lot to say? Well, I'm not joking. There are some words that don't allow to be spoken. Sometimes I almost feel just like a human being. It's you. Not just another mouth. 
I found myself listening to it more and more as I've been realist in preparation for this. And I don't know, this might, this gives live in paradise a run for its money. It's, it's the line. It, I mean, it's that line, right? Sometimes the, the tricklings of that realization, again, if we relate this back to like that age and, and that feeling, like it's those initial like raindrops of like, oh, I can get wet too. I'm making innuendos because we're talking about Elvis Costello. It's impossible <laughs> like, not to. I can be touched by, the, I, I am human. Like I'm human too. I, I can know better and still do worse. But I think that self-reflection is really beautiful. And again, there's a self-awareness of it and like maybe not any action there's no action towards accountability, but there is that initial awareness of that, those, those of the consequences that are yet to come. The bitter yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting. It's, I mean, I, I was going to say it, it's like a, it's like a both sides now kind of thing, but I feel like both sides now, it, it really is like, it's, it is like, I've gone through the other side. It's, this might, I'm telling you, this might be, this might be tipping over into uh, into favorite song. I'm loving yeah. this. <laughs> it's, it's, let me look, let me look at the Douglas. I think, yeah, this is in his, this is in his top five. Is this top five for this year's model or is this top five for this, year, this year's model? Okay. I was going to say, this is not all time top five. No, I didn't get the all-time top five. We'll say that for the episode. How many, how, I mean, that would be breakfast, lunch, and dinner to narrow that down for sure. Yeah. I, and I think that's maybe how you narrow it down into <laughs> times of the day or meals. Exactly. I'm a big fan of breaking things down into meal time. Oh, absolutely. 100%. All about that. Food is it's a very important part of, of one's life, especially when it comes to, uh, to deep analysis. <laughs> deep analysis on a full stomach is kind of how I want to live my life. <laughs> so night rally. Originally on the UK version, this is the last track. Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because I feel like Lipstick Vogue is amazing as a penultimate song. Like if you think about it in terms of going from going from Lipstick Vogue to Night Rally to Accidents Will Happen, track one, side one on Armed Forces, mm-hmm. that makes sense in, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because in the U.S., watching The Detectives is on My Aim is True, but it's not in the U.K., Mm-hmm. And we were talking like, what do we think about that? And I felt like it's so important that watching the detectives is on my aim is true because it's the guidepost. It's where yep. we're going next. Yep. We're done with this. We're not looking back. The charm is charm. You know, charm class is over. Um, <laughs> and I feel like night rally into accidents will happen is so crucial when your next album is initially titled emotional fascism. That this is a song again, you know, again, we were talking about everyone in paradise carries a gun. This song, when I listened to it in high school, Mm -hmm. it's the middle of the Iraq war. 
or the very around the very beginnings of it. I was in mm-hmm. high school from 2000 to 2004. Um, so my my high school and college years are the are the George W. Bush administration. Mm-hmm. And you think about how much kind of I mean at least where I was. So I lived in D.C. or just outside of D.C. in Northern Virginia. I knew people whose parents worked at the Pentagon. I tangentially knew some people who lost people in the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And that kind of what started out, I think, from like a place of mourning and suffering and turned into some really toxic patriotism that came at that time. And, you know, Night Rally was kind of, it felt sort of relevant. It felt very much like, oh, you know, I see, because you hear so much about the stuff at this time in England, like the rise of skinhead culture. Mm-hmm. In particularly in relation to punk and then later in America, like punk and hardcore, mm-hmm. even though skinheads were originally interracial organizations. Yeah. But of course, you know, what white people took it and turned it into Nazis. <laughs> um, and and just thinking like, oh, I like I see what he's doing there. And with the right, you know, Thatcher is just around the corner in England. And I can see, you know, looking at that and looking at the downturn of, of where England's at and thinking about stuff like crystal knocked and thinking about how the Nazis were people who were laughed at for a really long time. And and look at those ridiculous guys in their stupid uniforms Mm -hmm. until they put a brick through your window and then things become very real, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was just kind of like, Oh wow. Yeah. You know, gotta be on the lookout for that. Fast forward 18 years later, this I would send out for assistance, but there's someone on the signal wire. I would send out for assistance, but there's someone on the signal wire. And the corporation logo is flashing on and off in the sky. had I, and this this might be a rant i might need a i might need, you a, might wig. need a wig i need my need a wig i'm gonna look can i put this i'm gonna put this flower in my ear while i while i okay. rant that's, um that's so substitute. you i mean we're we're looking at like uh, what is like the last 40 years of american history which is like from reagan's election to to now and how like capitalism and industry has just run rampant over people's lives. I mean, you're from the great state of Pennsylvania. I don't need to tell you, have to tell you what that's, what that's about or what that's like. Oh no. And I, you just see these, the, like the consequences of all this and how you fill that, you know, that void in people's lives gets filled with things like dog whistle politics and dog whistle racial politics and all of these sorts of things. And that it's other people's fault for your problems. It's not that corporation logo flashing in the sky. It's immigrants. It's any one of these things. 
And I mean, this again will go to the nth degree in armed forces, but um, Everybody sing with your head on your heart of mind Deep in the darkest hours It's just the thought to catch you with a melody To get you singing in the showers He does darkest hours and singing in the showers Showers he he braids those two lines together to create this whole thing. I, I know what they're doing, but I don't want to look. Is that all of us like well-meaning, well-meaning liberals out there who thought from 2008 to 2016 that things were- We had done what we needed to do. We had done what we needed to do. We didn't need to look. Yeah, don't, that's good. We, we did our, our due diligence. Like th- that is a huge deed. What, what, what more do you want from us? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I heavy, heavy stuff. Heavy shit. I will man. need a wig if I continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it really and I um I know I'm ungrateful. Oh I know that I'm ungrateful. I got it. Light on a plate and I'm not buying my share of souvenirs. some are in the back room maybe the maybe their parents basement on the computer taking those night classes listening watching those youtube videos or 4chan uh threads right you think they're so dumb you think they're so funny what is it the uh wait was until the 2019 yeah wait they got you running to the night rally I, I i can't help but think of those uh those fucks with their tiki torches in charlottesville shouting shouting shit you know they're going to their own night rally it's it's one thing to see grainy black and white footage of books being burned it's another thing to see those those clowns out there uh out there doing their thing and uh just only get this only get that chicken out of here yep yep you know it's uh the 2019 report of the the greatest threat to domestic uh security in this country or or white white nationalists and 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 we're still calling them white nationalists yeah exactly exactly call them call them nazis you heard it here first so they are this one is this one is scary if if lipstick vogue is like this is the emotional like truth and heart of this album this is like Okay, I'm glad you've solved your romance problems. I'm glad you're growing. But meanwhile, out here, there's some shit going down. You might want to be. That's, I think that that plays into what you're talking about lead-ins, right? Because this year's model is, it, it's interesting because the cover is this, you know, behind the camera. But it's, it's, an, it's an internal album, you know? Like, it's about what's going on inside. Deeply. And it... And it and there and and that turmoil and at the very end with this well you know technically last track maybe not last track depending on which album you're listening to 
it's like the point in the movie in the sci-fi movie where like something it's like god this is awful and then it pans out and it's like this is just the little world in the freezer <laughs> and the world outside of it is like just as effed up even worse like it's like the the internal mirroring the external you know what it makes me think of i mean there's there's numerous examples you're absolutely right it makes you think of um makes you think of the end of season two of game of thrones where it's sam he sees he 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 gets lost and then you realize there's there's thousands of them and they're coming yeah. so yeah. all this stuff we've been caring about there's <laughs> there's the doesn't, existential war is coming doesn't matter there's yeah. um it also makes me think of um have you ever seen or are familiar with the musical cabaret mm-hmm. tomorrow yep. belongs to me yeah. one of the most chilling and songs of anything when they all stand up and they sing tomorrow all of this stuff we've been caring about the kitty cat club all this stuff it doesn't matter because outside like myself this is the real end to uh to it and and thank god it could not come sooner i'm glad you've sorted this out i'm glad you've had some growth but um i'm glad you'll always you know to to go to casablanca i'm glad you'll always have paris but the nazis are about to conquer it recently made this connection that so like radio radio okay radio 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 stations not playing punk music specifically not playing god saves the queen god save the queen by the sex pistols And then Elvis Costello fills in for the Sex Pistols on SNL and goes against what his label wants him to play. Well, plays the first few bars of Less Than Zero. Less Than Zero. Yeah, I was like, because it was at the end of, of that tour. And it's like, Calling Mr. Ozzle with the swastika tattoo, there is a big I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason to do this song here.
that was talking about that experience and they were they were like Elvis was basically saying like afterwards like they just got off stage and like laughed themselves silly in the in the dressing room finished the vodka and like left but like you know and people were were pretty pissed off other bands have got you know gotten in trouble for this it's a and I had just kind of always heard the story as like their and then getting kicked off was like had to do with the content of the song but I think it had just as much to do with like this is a live broadcast that is on a very tight schedule and you went against their rules like I wanna bite the hand that feeds me. I wanna bite that hand so badly. I wanna make them wish they'd never seen me. It's that is exactly what that, it's about. Right? Like it's not, it, it would be really nice if it was about the the rebellion of the lyrics in the song, but it's not because he's also tongue in cheek acknowledging like what he, what he's doing in the song. This is the other song where I want to bite the hand that Absolutely. No, 100%. It all of the all of the controversy with that came down to the fact that like um I run a very tight show here and I need it to go. And according to him, he was like that episode sucked. He's like whatever was supposed to be so yeah. daring about SNL at that time, I wasn't seeing it. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, we talked about so many times about how like this is a rewrite of this is a rewrite of this. He got the idea uh, from Hendrix, Hendrix was on the was on the BB. He was on the Lulu show. Is there anything hipper than the Lulu show? Well, ladies and gentlemen, in case you didn't know, Jimmy and the boys won in a, a big uh, American magazine called Billboard, <laughs> the, the group of the year. And they're going to sing for you now the song that absolutely made them in this country. And I love to hear them sing it. And he was asked to perform Hey Joe, which mm-hmm. is like his like song from like four years ago. Like it's it's like asking the Beatles after Sgt. Pepper to perform I Want to Hold Your Hand. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's it's like, really? You don't want to fucking hear like a day in the life? It's like, no, we want to hear Please Please Me. And so he plays Hey Joe. I I I got the the Hendrix BBC sessions so you can it's on it's on Spotify you can hear this clip and he does this like inch he does like a three like a two minute intro to Hey Joe which is just like had just broken up and plays Sunshine of Your Love. We're going to stop playing this rubbish and uh, dedicate a song to the uh, Cream, regardless of what kind of group they might be in. We'd like to dedicate it to Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, and uh, Jack Bruce. 
It is exactly that. And he was like, hey, I thought this was live. I thought we'd do, I thought you like live. I thought you like fun. music. No, no. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Well, fuck you too. And uh, yeah, I mean, they were banned. He didn't come on until like 1990 or something like that. I think it was, I only remember this because it was the year after I was born. I think it was 1989. Yeah. I I remember being like, oh, wow. Like, almost almost 10 years over 10 years more than that 12 i think yeah because it was 77 yeah yeah Yeah. oh yeah right because this was before this okay so what i was gonna say is i'm thinking about this interesting so we're talking you know we're talking about like in the british version it ends with night rally but in the american version it ends with radio radio and i know that one thing this is one thing my my dad talked about a lot with elvis costello and radio radio is such a perfect song to be talking about that with because it is that fight against the machine fight against the damn the man like you know because there would be a there was a thing with british when with british bands and they would with the albums that would be put out in america the american version they would often take off one or two of like the best songs so that people would have to buy the british version to get those songs and have to pay the import tax and all of that and elvis costello was really really adamant about not doing that and including more on his albums he's someone that fills up his albums like you're not going to get a you know like a 38 minute album he's going to pack things as full as he can for you and like and it's not it's not crap like he's an incredibly all prolific perfectionist when it comes to music like it's just it's just insane but then also i think what's really interesting is like these two different songs being endings for the british and the the american version is Night Rally does seem like the right ending, but Radio Radio kind of seems like the right American ending. It's so like, true. Yeah. That, that's, the, that is how you have to finish it for an American audience. Like you're uh, yeah. Well, think of, I think it's like, uh, the, the British office versus the American, yeah. like the kind of thing, like, well, we can't, we can't hate Steve Carell. Like we got, we can't hate David Brent. We have to, you know, we gotta, we gotta love them. Yeah. Paper is people. Um, <laughs> you know, as opposed to just paper is fucking paper. And yeah, I think it's so it's almost like a uh, night rally is like that's like the 1970s movie ending. That's like <laughs> the that's like the like the taxi driver. That's like the network ending yeah. network, a big, big influence on Elvis Costello, a uh, big pop, very popular movie in the tour bus. Apparently, Patty Jayevsky's mm-hmm. network. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it's almost and radio radio is like the yeah, but fuck them. Like you think of like think of like the ending of Animal House or like Caddyshack where they're just yeah. like, nah, we're just going to blow everything up. We're going to bite the hand that feeds us. We're going to rip yeah. it off. We're going to chew it up and we're going to spit the blood and guts in their faces like, yeah, during the parade. 
and it's it's very punky and it's very it's very upbeat and everything yeah. again another one where it's like everybody everybody playing on that song just absolutely kills it the bass is so subtle like in keeping things going that do during the bite the hand that feeds me part and just the drums just always crash i mean that That is, I mean, is there is there a better ending to an album than I mean, there's a reason he closes most concerts with that song, because that is a it's a showstopper. Yeah, you're done. You're done after that. It really what more is there to say after radio radio than just yeah. like, yeah, there it is. I also thought about it. It always struck personally to me because hearing it in like 2002, 2003. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the kind of last gasp of like, remember like Clear Channel owning mm-hmm. like 90% of the radio state that 13, 14, 15 were the ages I stopped listening to the radio because it was just like, mm-hmm. I don't hear anything on this. What do they say in the Smiths? Burn down the disco, hang the DJ because the music he constantly plays says nothing to me about my life. That's when yeah. I went either I'm either going back to classic stuff or I'm, you know, I've got my my early 2000s indie heroes to go (laughs) running towards but also just like by listening to people like Costello and others like your musical palette my palette expanded so much and -hmm. got to hear so much cool stuff because I stopped listening to the goddamn radio like and that really is kind of the that was the last gasp of of radio as it had been known for the last like 50 years well, and the in it it was a it was this transition of empowered listeners. Like people really actually for the first time got a lot more control in deciding what they wanted to listen to. I mean, there's still you still advertisements, you still pay in one shape, one way, shape, or form, right? But I mean, you know not in that burn CDs and MP3s days. Oh, those were the days. I used to always say when I die, put on my tombstone, he made good mix CDs. I mean, that was, like, that was one of many lines I had. That's good. Well, one should always have a, a variety of tombstone options. And, you know, it, it might depend on the day, you know. Or the manner of demise. <laughs> it's true. It's good to have options. Don't ask me to apologize. <laughs> I won't ask you to forgive me. Oh, that's something you should start doing. <laughs> what is your Elvis Costello li- tombstone lyric? Like, yeah. Um. I mean, my my father always has always told us that he wants us to play The Angels Want to Wear My Red Shoes at his funeral. I said, I'm so happy I could die. She said, drop dead and left with another guy. <laughs> For sure. Well, and, I'd and have again, to think is, about that. I know. I need, I need, I want to reserve my answer. <laughs> yeah. To, to There's so many. It. I would, th- oh gosh. Um. Oh man. I will make you a graphic for your your social medias if you want to do this with people. Like, so that oh, you can I love it. People, like, I love it. This would be amazing for sure. There's one one comes to mind. Um, again, I I think I mentioned earlier the other side of summer. There's a there's so many choice lines in that. There's like good night, God bless, and kiss goodbye to the earth. Mm-hmm. There's the sun struggles up another beautiful day, and I feel glad in my own suspicious way. There's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
there's crooked line, uh, you know, at the very end, I hope I find you waiting at the very end of this crooked line, something like that. I don't know. God, yeah. I reserve my judgment as well, but maybe what about, what about a line from this album? We could do that. I think don't ask me to apologize. I won't ask you to forgive you me. Forgive me. Yeah. I, that's, I think that's, that's kind of natural. The cake. Sometimes I almost felt just like a human being. being. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Every time I phone you, I just want to put you, you down. Put you down. All right. So there we have it. This year's model. I mean, just absolute. I mean, all time classic for good reason. You know, I mean, I again, part of me wanting to do this as well is just thinking like about the fact that I, I kind of took a step away from Costello for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'll be perfectly frank. My partner does not love Elvis Costello. I, I'm thinking of having having them and a part and uh, another close friend of mine come on who both can't stand him and just have a div- like have an episode like why I hate Elvis Costello <laughs> just to mix things up a little bit. I think that would be very Costelloian of you. Thank you for saying that. I I think so. But like coming back to it all, I'm just like God. It's still just as fucking good. So what I am pulling up now is my ranking system. All right, so. My my poetic ranking. If you want to just do a one to five, you can do that. But I feel like for us, it's best to do a poetic ranking. So these are the five I'm working with right now. They might be subject to change, but these are the the rankings you can give to it. Okay. They're all Costello song titles. Okay. So there is Big Nothing, Useless Beauty, Almost Ideal, Ascension Day. And beyond belief. Oh, okay. Those are good. Those are good. Well done. If those don't work for you, I have others as well. I'm trying these out. Okay. I'm like looking at my list right now. I think Lipstick Vogue is Ascension Day. So you think that that's your ranking you're giving to the whole album? Oh, wait, maybe you need to explain the ranking system. Okay, so instead of a one to, we could do a one to five system, where it's just like, I mean, for me, it's a five-star album. No, no question (laughs) about it. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, since Costello is a man of of, of many words, Mm -hmm. I thought, why not go with like a poetic ranking system? So I have these different lists. They're they're poetic rankings. They don't necessarily delineate one to five, Mm -hmm. but it could be like Magnificent Hurt, my mood swings. I'm not angry. Hidden charms. Funny little tragedy. Like so, it's, it's these these fo- these poetic rankings. But the one I'm working from right now is big nothing, useless beauty, almost ideal, ascension day, and beyond belief. Okay, okay. I think this is ascension day. Like I think this rivals any of his albums, which is an absolutely phenomenal thing for a second album to do. Like, and I think because it's a second album it's even more successful because second albums are so often things that are cobbled together. You know, first well, albums it's, are often- it's the, You have your whole life to write your first album. You have six months yeah. to write. Exactly. So I, I really, I think this is one of, again, this is one of those albums where you take the five best songs off of it. I still think it's an amazing album. Would you say it's your favorite? It's my dad's favorite. I think that it's in my top three, for sure. I think that it's, it is so many of the, the things in the songs that first made me 
really fall for Elvis. And so it's like the experience of this album and the age that it is that like, there's nothing as big as your first love. Like, nothing's ever going to feel like that because it was the first time you felt those things after your break because it's also the breakup right and it's like how can I feel this terrible am I going to feel this way every time if this album is a breakup then then yeah you're going to feel it every time and so you can always come back to it and it like I hate it's such a cliche I use it all the time just in like but it's literally like it feels so good to hurt this bad. Like it, and it just, it has so much, so much experience. And it's funny because you think he's 22. So how much of this is just guesswork, but it's really good guesswork. (laughs) Guesswork. He's really nailing it. I mean, it's, it's pleasure of pain and the pain of pleasure. And it's just, you know, it's, it's always there for you. Oh man. See now you're now it's sneaking into my, into my top, into my top three. I got to say to go with my poetic ranking for it. I mean, to look it over it's Ascension day because it's again, like it is so above and beyond my aim is true and it talking to you about it. And that's another reason I wanted to start this podcast was because I feel like I don't, you are the closest friend of mine I have who is like as hardcore of a Costello fan as I am. And we're few and far between us dedicated folks. We are, it's hard to find, uh, to find somebody who, who gets it. I'm like blown away anytime I meet anyone my age that's even like enthusiastic about Elvis Costello. Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, that's what's so, so rewarding about this conversation and that I just feel like I, I can't believe I'm coming back to it. I'm, I'm coming back to it 40, because I think this is 78. So I think it's 44 years. It's 44 years young and, and really coming back to it. And it's as good, if not better, and all about it at age, like as a, as a 16, 17-year-old. I mean, we'll find out. Is it my favorite album? I mean, I think my favorite one right now, if I had to pick, because of of lots of various factors is maybe the delivery man mm. which is the 2005 one it's kind of mm-hmm. his countryish one it's his most bluesy mm-hmm. and kind of garage bandy like it it sounds beautiful but it also sounds like it's recorded very quickly and it it's a hodgepodge and it doesn't hold together so cohesively the way this does but i think there's just certain there're peaks on that that are like the greatest the greatest peaks yeah. but this is this is the one where you're like, I can't, who knew, who would have thought that he had this, this in him. And so it's Ascension Day for sure. 100%. My last question for you, and you don't have to answer it now, is that for all of my guests who are willing and able to come on and, and be guests, and hopefully anybody else comes within a 10th of how great this conversation was, because this was absolutely amazing. I am more than willing to do a podcast episode with you about an album that you are all about. Now, if that just means you come on back for when I was cruel or you come on for another Costello related thing, because I am doing like, um, I have another friend where he produced a Pogues album. So we're doing like a Pogues deep dive and all this kind of stuff. Um, so if there is one that comes where you're like, I've always wanted to talk about this yeah. album, tell me, I'll listen to it. 
I'll, I'll dive in with you and, and we can do a similar conversation if you are, if you're interested. So that's my, I little, love talking my little, about thank music. you. So yeah, let me, let me, let me dive into I mean, the memory. Anyone, like, I'm, I mean, I I'm definitely pretty... would love to come back for when I was cruel because that you're it's yours. You got it. That's one that I feel I have, I have lots of, lots of, it was a certain part of my life. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's also like, that's the first time I saw him in concert was on that mm. tour for that. And yeah, that was the first yeah. big concert I ever went to was, was seeing oh, him for that. Really cool. So it, but if there's something else where you're like, I've never, I, this is an album I could talk about for hours. And I don't, I just, if I was to shout from the mountain about an album, <laughs> I have a friend where I'm pretty sure it's going to be laundry service by um Shakira. Yeah. It's going to be, it's probably going to be that. And you know what? It's like, I'm, I'm in, I'm going all in on Shakira. Like I will do that as a, as a gift. I can also talk and extend about Shakira because she's another one of my dad's. <laughs> my father has different trains of thought when it comes to music. He really loved, he's like really into grunge and punk. So I grew up on a lot of grunge and punk and yeah. some rock, you know, that that's too broad of a term to throw that in there. But yeah. my father also loves singer songwriters, female singer songwriters. And so there, that's, there's a great extent to that. And, yeah. and Shakira is actually an amazing guitarist. She was winning guitar she's competitions great. when she was like 11 years old. Like she's. I did not know that. Yeah. There's a fun, there's, there's a little one for you to use when you have that, that podcast. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, so that's really cool. I, um, I will have to think of, of just, there are plenty of albums I would love to talk about in depth. So. Cool. Well, if there's one where you're just like, this one is like, I want to shine a light on it. Like, okay. I, well, this has been Beyond Believers, uh, and it's so nice to do this episode with a genuine believer like myself, like like me. Megan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. This was this was absolutely wonderful and the perfect way to spend a, a Thursday evening. <laughs> Here's to many more conversations, indeed. And that concludes episode five and our discussion of this year's model for now. Unbelievable thanks to the artist, poet, medium, Costello superfan, and great friend, M.R. Morrison. If you're interested in checking out all things M.R., be sure to read her volume of poetry. We doubt the call even as we answer it. Megan also goes on to say that at the heart of all she does is the intention to create and hold space for those who seek their own healing, growth, and truth. As a third-generation psychic medium, Megan offers intuitive art readings, including her personal oracle cards, and a monthly message-channeled print club. To learn more about her practice and to book her services, visit LokalaniProductions.com. And that's spelled L-O-K-E-L-A-N-I Productions.com. Per usual, as I record this outro, one additional note comes to mind. The song Lip Service, while arguably the slightest tune on this year's model, does deserve a fairer shake than we gave it. For one thing, it's the third shortest song on an album that's 35 minutes and 14 seconds long, and secondly, it's deeper than most pop tunes. To explain, the song highlights what some consider an essential component of professional and personal relationships, i.e. paying lip service to someone while also 
exposing the hypocrisy of doing so. In the pre-chorus, when Costello sings, everybody is going through the motions, are you really only going through the motions? It's unclear whether this is a dialogue with the chorus, lip service is all you'll ever get from me. But I'm gonna say it is because that's how fandom works. The pre-chorus person demands the truth from the chorus person who replies, I'll only tell you what you wanna hear, so what'll it be? Well, I of course can't help but reflect that I live in a town where famously few people say no, but rarely mean it when they say yes, I'm also reminded of the countless times as a teenager or 20-something, and again, this is an album written by a 22-year-old, where you'll sell yourself short to raise the stock of somebody else, a potential friend, a crush, etc. And even though you're repeatedly asked if you're for real, you don't have the guts to say it's all lip service, and you end up paying the price for it. Or was that just my experience? Anyways, lip service. A good tune that doesn't outstay its welcome. Join us next week for episode 6 where we'll be covering side A of the commercial peak that is Elvis Costello's third album, Armed Forces, where I'll be joined by one of my oldest friends, the writer, Matt Myatico. This is Pat Brennan. Thanks for listening, and I hope we meet again soon. Between your ears. (laughs) 